Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 266 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Good. Um, glad to be back. <laughs> yes, nice to have you back on. It's been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Recently, I've been watching Dark Season 1 on Netflix, which is a German Netflix joint yes. production. The critics talk about it a lot. Yes. Talk about how it's mysterious. It's got timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> so I thought I'd give it a go. I think I've watched five episodes so far, and it's pretty dark. Peter foreboding, lots of rain. Yes. Um, lots of walking through forests. And it's set in a small German town, which is right next to, like, seemingly the last working nuclear power station in, like, Europe. It's sort of like in the modern day, so anywhere between, like, 2000 and 2010, I guess. Hmm. And they make, they make reference to things like Chernobyl and stuff and right. how everyone's sort of trying to get rid of nuclear power stations. So there's that. And there's this strange thing about a generation ago, a child disappeared and that sort of haunts the town. That's the background. And then as we start, I guess a year before, a child committed suicide. Right. And the town is obviously reeling from that. And then within the first episode, dun, 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 children go missing again. Right. Okay. And that's how it's laid out after the first sort of five episodes. It gets very weird. <laughs> I don't want to give away anything else. Yeah. I'm t- how, because it gets super weird. I, I'm told it gets very strange. I think Matt's watched it. It's not one that I've watched. It's got three seasons, third yeah. season being the final one. And they're all up on Netflix now. Uh, I know Matt really likes it as well. So, and he's got a lot of decent critical reviews. So uh, yeah, it could be one worth watching, I think. Other than that, obviously, Amazon's The Boys made just last week. So I delved in and watched the first episode. I decided to stop after one episode. There's three available <laughs> at the moment. You mean but you I had figure... three episodes there and you didn't binge your way through all three of them? No, because that's the problem. The problem with that is it's sort of, it's forced sort of the internet and everyone else. So all over my timeline are these think pieces from the first three episodes. Yeah. I just wanted to just duck all that because you can just absorb thoughts about the show so easily just from seeing glimpses of what other people's hot takes are. Yeah. So that's why I decided to stop after one episode. And I figure once next week comes and episode four comes out, I'll watch two and then I'll wait a little longer and eventually I'll get through. And that's the thing that made me stop is the fact they gave out the, these first three episodes. So all the entertainment magazines, you know, were sending out their reporters and their critics to have that hot take. I was just listening this afternoon on Radio 5 and they were doing their critique on the first three episodes. You can't get away from it at the moment. 
But I mean, the advantage of something coming out weekly is you get people doing reviews after mm-hmm. each episode. If they drop the entire thing as a box set, yeah. you'd get people releasing reviews of like the entire series at this point. I suppose, and that has its own problems. But I think people releasing what basically becomes hot takes because it's only three episodes of, I don't know, like a 12 episode run. I think that's just, that could be even worse. That could be even more problematic to deal with from the things I've seen, because especially with the only three episodes i think there's a bit of a push there to make people's reactions as heightened and as like attention grabbing as possible mm. whereas i think yeah. if it was if it was a if it was a thing of the season you couldn't keep it at that height so you couldn't be that offended by it after a season of watching it whereas you can justify being totally offended by it after watching three episodes <laughs> so just the things that i've seen so far uh, the first episode in itself is pretty slow yeah. um, it, t- it lets you sort of get back to where you were and understand what had gone on before so just sort of make sure you've caught up and then it sort of hits you with the big stuff just near the end The Boys is a fairly controversial show I think you know if you like it or not at this point if you watch the first yeah. season and the BBC like review went into it saying yeah we hated the first season and I was like well why would why? I don't <laughs> really think it's going to turn it around in the second no. so I don't even know why you're reviewing it yeah I, I mean I wrote down a thing said that they said it was a mess of unorganized violence and gore that's what they referred to the first three episodes of no it's not <laughs> yeah you go with gore and violence with no plot and i went it's a fairly decent adaption of a comic book so it has yeah. plot you may yeah. not like it but it, it definitely has plot they're not making stuff up <laughs> no i mean the gore and violence is heightened to such a stupid level that it is comic book violence i mean it is the epitome of comic book violence of a sort of people getting torn to bits and exploding into red mist and all I mean you know it's got nothing to do with them not having plot it's integral part of the plot is the fact that these supposed heroes are incredibly violent I have zero issue with that I I quite like the fact that they released these three together because Mm -hmm. as you say the first episode's a bit slow the second episode I think is a little bit slow as well the third episode really picks things up and that's good they're almost designed i think those three episodes to work together as a sort of things to watch straight after each other i think they're designed in that way it certainly feels like that and then we're getting them weekly after that which i'm okay with i'm okay with weekly releases yeah Yeah. i'll say i'll be i'll be back watching i just i'm gonna let all the media hype die down so i can do this watch it without I mean, everybody everybody's opinion of it yeah yeah other than that i have been also on amazon prime watching unforgettable which is a three season procedural starring poppy montgomery which went out a few years ago and right. has since been cancelled and i've now made it all the way through to pretty much near the end of the first season we've got our first look at one of those ongoing bad guys which you always get in the procedurals yes that killer who they can't immediately um capture so that's quite interesting it's a fun procedural it features this cop who after her sister was kidnapped when she was young so i guess eight or nine from that moment on she remembers everything that happens to her like right. a, basically and can play it back like a recording yeah she has like a photographic memory yeah. yeah and so there's that and she's a bit of a wild child she's not big on listening to rules for whatever reason it looks like she left her previous role as a detective where she worked with the now lieutenant of this new police thing that she joins they have a history they were 
together. But she rejoins him in New York and joins his new team and basically just starts heading around and solving crimes. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Got Dylan Walsh in it from Nick yeah. Tuck as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I remember this. He's got a really checkered history because it was cancelled twice by CBS. Wow. <laughs> and That's then, impressive. Back which is impressive. Back going. Then. I'd still lasted four seasons because yeah. A&E Network picked it up for a fourth season. So three seasons okay. went out on CBS and then the fourth season went out on A&E. Oh, we'll have to try and find the fourth season because it looks like Amazon only has the first three. The, that would make sense. Deal. Yeah, yeah, probably due to that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little thing. It's got loads of actors go, oh, I know them. I've seen them before. Yeah. Worth checking out. Interesting and, one. Yeah, my last one is Intelligence. It's a step up from a procedural. I guess it feels more like a Canadian wire. I think that's a good okay. description. So what it revolves around, the head of a law enforcement organization in Canada. So I guess sort of like FBI for one coast, who is a woman of color, basically fighting against the old boys club, like barely hanging on to a role. And it's about to take a new role at a higher level when we start the show. And on the other side of it is this drug dealing kingpin who runs what seems to be like a, a very big operation, smuggling and dealing drugs. And through some interesting things that happened in the first two episodes, the kingpin gets a list of informers in like crime in around that area and makes a deal with the head of the police person. So he'll be her informant if they help each other out. And so you then just go on and see those two sides of law enforcement as they try to sort of live their lives. Hmm. It's just awesome. I watched the first episode is like just a double episode. So it's like 90 minutes and it feels like a film. I'm yeah. just really big getting into it. I think I've seen about seven episodes now. And it's just great watching everyone plot. And the amount of intrigue and plotting in it would be out of place on Game of Thrones. <laughs> like the person just below the female leader of law enforcement agency wants her out, thinks she's useless. The person she's replacing is working with him, but in fact, he wants to get the old guy who she's replacing, she both of them out. Everyone's looking to double cross everybody else. The drug dealer has like a crazy brother who's like a not recovering addict who's <laughs> going to threaten to like blow up his whole operation. It's just that stuff. And as for me, who's watched loads of procedurals and Canadian shows, this is this endless parade of well-known Canadian actors. It stars Ian Tracy, who you'll know from Continuum as yes. the son, the time-traveling son. He's also in Travelers as the lawyer of one of the travelers. Ah. He's, a, he's a big character actor. He's also in Sanctuary with Amanda Tapping. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so he's everywhere. He's like the Caesar star or that, so he plays the um, drug kingpin. So yeah, right. I got it recommended to me by the Cassini brothers, because one of them stars in it as well, and I had to interview them for Volition, which is a sci-fi film right, that we yeah. did some promotion back when it came out earlier in the year. I was going to so say, because John Cassini, who you noticed, yeah. is in it, was also in Continuum as well, yeah, I think, he was wasn't in Continuum it? as well, yeah, so, yeah. He was, so that's why he got talking about that and suggested that I should watch it. Matt Fu is in there yes, as well. Matt is in there as well. Uh, for Max Headroom and, you know, more recently, Walking Dead and Alton Carbon and a few other things. Yes, that's yeah. my that's my things I've been up to. Cool. That's an interesting selection. It's always good when you're on because you delve into things on Amazon and Netflix that, that I wouldn't necessarily pick up. I best have to go and check those out. So I've also been watching The Boys. First three episodes I've seen. It is a little bit slow to get started, I think, when it comes back and it is sort of, you know, setting things back up and getting people settled back in. The third episode, they released a clip of the kind of big climactic bit of that third episode. They released that online as part 
of the promotion anyway. Oh, so okay. some of you might have seen the speedboat chase bit. But yeah, I mean, that's a great sequence as well. And the bits that actually follow just after that are really good. Just in the fact that we're, you know, the, some of the conversations yeah. that I have as well. It's picking up pretty much where we left off. We get to find out a bit more about the son and Butcher's wife that we didn't know existed. And yeah. it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of it coming through. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe there are reviews out there complaining about the violence. I mean, if you saw season one, for it's, goodness sake. The way BBC Radio Fire, the way they review things is very, is very strange mm. a lot of the time. For me, generally, The Voice has its issues. I think, especially in the first season, where pretty much every episode needed a rape warning before it. But right, yeah. it, does, it does remain the show with probably the most scary villain I've ever seen on a TV show. Yeah. Because Homeland is utterly frightening all the time. Yeah. Because it's just that way where he just, when you see him try and rein in his temper and he goes dead in the eyes and go, oh no, this is bad. Yeah, it's, 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 it is effectively an evil Superman with yeah, a, ma- with a so, man-child personality. Exactly, that's the thing. It, it isn't that he's evil, it's that he's just so unhinged and you have no idea what will set him off. Yeah. Nearly everyone around him knows, obviously, what he's capable of and knows he's not a very nice person, but that doesn't, still doesn't leave you enough room to sort of, it's like an angry dog with a tear your hand off yeah just the, some of the characterizations the way they've actually put that stuff together as being the kind of evil versions of archetypes we know I think he's is, is done such a brilliant job I hope we find out something about Black Noir but he just turns up kicks out and just disappears again yeah well we you are no exactly to what that's dude's about Black Noir is one of the people that is very underused I think in the show you know because we've got more background about the deep this season they're going into that oh yeah yeah so that that's, first, and first that's that gets <laughs> very trippy as that goes like further on uh, oh, yeah i bet it does after the first episode went oh yeah that's gonna get weird so that gets kind of weird but it's very funny and i really like that i think that's that's great because it's the sort of aquaman archetype yeah. um i like the fact that he's sort of the outsider and everybody takes the mickey out of him in the same way that people used to do about aquaman before it became yeah. hot you know <laughs> so <laughs> I know, but the, the nerd in me always wants to know more about their power sets. Yeah. Because I'm not entirely sure what Starlight does. She's definitely stronger than a normal person. Like, oh, that time when she got hit in the chest with the yeah. explosive ordnance and shook it off, which doesn't seem to necessarily be all that strong. No. And then she has that thing where you see in, in the first episode, she gets angry and cracks some glass. Yeah. With her eyes. But you generally see her power as when she makes light. Yes. Which Very it, confusing. Yeah, yeah. There are a few and the same kind thing of... with Black Noir. Like, does he, yeah. what, does he heal? Because he's very strong, very fast, very agile. You don't really know much. They could do with Nelly down the power sets because yeah. they seem a bit fluid at the moment yeah. but I would like to see a little bit uh, more yeah, of Black that's, Noir that's just, that's just a nerdy, nerdy part of me yeah no I entirely agree with you on that it would be nice to know a bit more about that you do see a little bit more of Black Noir they have used him a little bit more this time around and yeah. I mean not a whole see, lot but he just, he just seems so odd and it's like the way that I can remember the first season where Homer says you all suck except for you Dark Noir he just like waves <laughs> his hand at him he just like <laughs> gives him a thumbs up no other response 
Yeah, it's really strange. But you get a little bit more of Black Noir this this time around. So that's quite nice. And you get sort of a bit more of the background of some of the other characters and what they sort of think of Homelander as well. Because in the first season, I think they were, you know, with the exception of Starlight, they were all kind of portrayed as evil bunch of idiots, you know, basically. And mm-hmm. you're, you're starting to see a little bit more shape to that. Of Maybe that's not actually the case. And maybe there's a reason why they're acting in that way. So it's delving into a bit more of it as well as getting more stuff about the boys as well. So I'm quite enjoying that so far and I'm looking forward to them releasing the rest of it. I went through the first three episodes of that. I finished The Fugitive, the Quibi series as well, which, Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Did he prove That will be giving it away, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can kind of guess. The Fugitive, it's a Quibi series, so essentially it is a movie chopped up into sort of six to nine minute segments. Basically, that's what all Quibi series are, but particularly this one certainly feels like that. It's from Nick Santora, who was the person that created Scorpion, and he comes up later on as well and in some of the news stories because he's got a bunch of things in development as well at the moment. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really interesting take on the idea of the fugitive because, you know, we know the basic setup of it is a man gets blamed for crime he doesn't commit and goes on the run, is chased by FBI, CIA, whoever it happens to be, FBI, I think, in this case. The setup for it is you've got Boyd Holbrook from Narcos, who he's playing Mike Farrow, who is the fugitive in this particular case, who is an ex-con who went to prison for something that he didn't commit. We basically took a plea deal because that's how the American justice system works. So he's an ex-con, he finds himself on a train ride, the subway train blows up and he's helping people on their way out. But there's a reporter who hilariously is called Pretty Patel. And I would love to know whether <laughs> I would love to know whether oh, that was boy. intentional or whether uh, whether it wasn't because she's I mean, surely timeline wise it probably wouldn't be I, I wouldn't have thought that so she would, yeah she wouldn't yeah. have had the position before maybe not but she's called Pretty Patel and she's not a particularly nice character either so I mean make of that what you will but um, she's a reporter she's sort of young and eager and he's sort of anything to get a story type and tweets something out about the fact that the FBI are chasing somebody and then she manages to see some of the footage and find out that Mike Farrow's on the train and that's how it sort of ends up with him being chased by the FBI. It's got Boyd Holbrook in it. The person chasing him is Kiefer Sutherland playing Detective Clay Bryce and desperately, desperately trying not to be Jack Bauer. And in actual fact, he does quite a good job of it. I mean, but you can sort of tell he's making a concerted effort not to be Jack Bauer. Like, I think they avoided any damnits in the entire thing. (laughs) He's got a different catchphrase, which he uses, which it's can I get a yes boss, I think is the catchphrase that they Mm -hmm. use in this. So they've made a very distinct effort to make sure that people don't see him as Jack Bauer. The characterization is quite different. I mean, he's much more arrogant. He's very much like thinks he's got the right man. He's closer to the sort of, you know, FBI agents that we saw in things like Tommy Lee Jones in the movie. He's he's closer to that sort of version of, of the FBI 
agent. So it is a very different sort of character, but you, you can sort of tell going into it that they wanted to do something to make sure people didn't go, oh, it's Jack Bauer, because it isn't. I mean, it's very much not. It's got Natalie Martinez in it, who plays Mike's wife as well. Casting's really good. Decent enough story. Works okay as a Quibi series in terms of it being chopped into the sort of little episodes, you know, the, the sort of six, nine minute episodes. You could quite easily watch the whole thing as a movie and just binge through it in one go, I think. And that would work perfectly well. I'd be interested to see whether they are going to bring it back again or not, or whether they're going to do something else. But yeah, I mean, presumably they'd be chasing a different person if that was the case. But we'll have to see. But yeah, certainly enjoyable. And uh, I mean, depends if you've got Quibi. And Quibi, as we've mentioned before, is ridiculously expensive for what it is, because I think it's like £7 a month, which is a lot of money to spend on a streaming service which has nowhere near the content of all the other streaming services, some of which are about the same price. So, you know, the price point is completely wrong for it. But if you happen to go on and get like one of the cheap deals or a free trial or something like that, there is some good stuff on there worth watching. So it's there if if you've got access to Quibi in some way. I've gone and finished Line of Duty, so I've done all four seasons of that, finally, and I'm up to date on that. I mean, everybody knows that's a brilliant show, but it gets better and better with each season. It's one of those where I enjoyed the first season, but the way that it's just structured and it just builds on itself every single season and those first three seasons act as sort of almost a complete story arc and then they're still kind of dealing with bits of those first three seasons in the fourth season as well. It feels like each season is an entirely different story, but there are callbacks all the way through. And I I think just beautifully structured that show really really solid interesting drama I kind of figured out who the ultimate bad guy was in the fourth season one I kind of guessed where they were going with that but they've still left a few further things that you can follow along with that so I'm looking forward to the fifth season coming out they are now back filming the fifth season as well they announced that this week that Line of Duty was was filming again so hopefully we'll get that sometime probably early in the new year I would think and the other thing I watched was Away which is the new Netflix show. It's a science fiction drama, stars Hilary Swank. It's based around the idea she's the leader of this international team of astronauts who were going on the first man mission to Mars. But most of the story is based around her and the fact that she's leaving behind for three years her husband and her teenage daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something of a sort of love story between them with a sort of sci-fi wrapping around it I think interesting so it's an intriguing idea but I've only seen the first episode so far so I need to go and watch a bit more of it before I can kind of pass a decent judgment on it I enjoyed the first episode I thought it's kind of an intriguing setup they are on their way to Mars at this point because the first episode is mainly based on the moon because that's the sort of stopping off point to refuel before they go off to Mars it's quite nice because it is based around some of the sort of real world technology as well you know they aren't sort of some mythical space agency way way in the future it is NASA that they're using presumably a lot of that is based on real science there is an incident that happens fairly early on as well and you sort of see how she deals with that and that nicely sets up the relationship between her and the rest of the crew as well so I think that's going to be intriguing moving forward but solid start though I thought 
I will go and watch the rest of it and let you know what I think when I've been through the rest of that. So that's all the stuff we've been watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So TV and film news would start off with renewals, cancellations and pickups. A few cancellations this week. Netflix has cancelled The Big Show Show and Ashley Garcia's Genius in Love, apparently. Neither of which were shows that I even was aware of, let alone watched. So uh, that's probably a good sign of part of the reason why they were cancelled. But uh, yeah, so they won't be coming back. I looked into that Ashley Garcia Genius in Love. Here's a premise. So it follows a prodigy named Ashley Garcia. Garcia, the only 15 and a half year old robotics engineer and rocket rocket scientist in the world who moves in with her uncle Victor from the other side of the country for a chance to work with NASA. (laughs) And it was created by Mario Lopez. Yeah, I wonder why that didn't get a second season. (laughs) Yeah, Seth Carland and Mario Lopez and it's 14 episodes. Wow. AMC has cancelled Nosferatu after two seasons. Maybe the vampire was fighting with the walking dead i don't know but, uh, that won't be coming back after two seasons paramount network has cancelled a show called 69 whiskey which i don't think ever aired over here and uh, not a cancellation but it's been announced that doc martin will be coming to an end after 10 seasons on air they've decided that they're going to end it that's not a cancellation that was the production team and uh, martin cleans that have decided that they think they're done at this point which is fair enough. I think it's been 16 years since they first started filming that. So that's a long enough time to spend on one character, I think. So, you know, I think that's fair enough. There's one renewal so far, uh, Reno 911, which was a Quibi series. It's a revival of an old show, which they've revived for Quibi in, again, short little episodes, but they've uh, renewed that for another season over on Quibi as well. That will be coming back. In terms of pickups and event stair dates, what I did was went through a list of the shows which have been greenlit to return to filming because obviously everything was shut down for the pandemic so there's a whole load of things just suddenly over the last week or couple of weeks that have managed to start filming again Line of Duty as I mentioned earlier that's back for season 5 Casualties also back shooting they're opening with a pandemic storyline which I mean is fair enough because you're based in a hospital and it's modern day NHS it also has the added advantage that you've got a good excuse for everybody being social distance on and everybody wearing masks on screen so you know definitely gotta make it makes it, itself yeah yeah it makes it a lot easier i'm sure to write that because you kind of having to do all the social distancing stuff and having people wear masks anyway so that makes life a little bit safer for them so uh, that's quite good blue bloods is back to filming season 11 seal team is back filming season four charmed is back filming season three nancy drew back for season two lucifer had a couple of episodes of season five to finish so they're going back to finish off those blood and treasure returning for its second season to filming the good doctor is back to 
for filming season four. Disney is filming A Million Little Things, the Mighty Ducks series, thing called The Mysterious Benedict Society, Big Sky, which is a new show, and uh, the Turner and Hooch TV series, which we talked about a few weeks ago. That is also started filming as well, apparently. Supernatural is back to filming its final couple of episodes, which is quite good because CW have already announced that's returning, I think, in October. So uh, yes. it's kind of a good job they're back to filming. They had two episodes left to film, but they they stopped it at about halfway through the season. So there is a whole bunch of episodes to come, but they got two episodes which they needed to finish off. So they now backed for doing those. And then uh, Jared Padalecki will go straight from that into filming Walker. And Jensen Ackles, he's going on to season three of The Boys, but whenever mm-hmm. that starts filming, we don't know yet. The Arrowverse, I think, is also gone back to filming or the CW-verse... <laughs> as they're trying to rebrand it unsuccessfully yes they they was a bit that's unfortunate that that, i was wondering why people were kicking off about that on instagram that explains it yes there was an ad trailer that they released and they called it the cw verse and everybody went no (laughs) stephen amel was prepared not to have it as the arrowverse but says it's the balanti verse as far as he's concerned so you Mm -hmm. know that's the other name that it goes by but yes in whatever you're going to call it they all are back to filming in Vancouver I don't think all of them are because I think Supergirl's coming back late because of Benoist's pregnancy yes I think so that's really possibly the case I think what they've actually said is the ones that are filming are, are Batwoman Superman yeah. and Lois and Flash I think are the three that they've actually mentioned but I, I'm assuming the others can go back to filming when pregnancies and whatever else are out in the way yeah that Superman and Lois thing, that's weird what they they picked up a Superman and Lois show well, when we've no, already that, got no, that's, not, that's not weird it's weird the way they've done it in that they've given them like teenage children yes although he does have one teenage child in the comic books well no I just meant that they just decided to pop two teenage children after we've gotten used to the fact that Lois was pregnant before yeah. well that's yes. a big jump to give them pregnant to two teenage children yes that, that is quite a big leap I wonder if there's going to be an explanation for that or whether they're filming that in the future you know whether that's where it will sit in the timeline if yeah, you know that's what I mean that's why I say it's, it's very weird although I guess two teenage children would make sense if they do pick up the Green Arrow and Canaries series because mm-hmm. it's going to be more in that timeline so maybe they're setting up if they ever pick that up if they ever pick that up that is the thing but if that ends up getting picked up then it would fit in with that so maybe yeah, they're would. trying to set up two different time zones possibly but we'll see but they are back to filming uh showtime drama your honor as well which is a limited series starring brian cranston i think brian cranston plays a politician whose son gets involved in a hit and run and he has to sort of try and cover it up that's a 10 episode limited series and anything with brian cranston in is usually worth watching so uh, that's a showtime series so there's a very good chance that'll end up on sky atlantic over here at some point but uh, that is back to filming as well in terms of pickups all four and E4 are adding all five seasons of Angel having run through Buffy or in the process of running through Buffy they're going to be running through Angel as well that comes on to all four from September that's all five seasons of Angel I'm still gutted that that didn't get picked up for any more seasons than that because I would argue that was possibly an even better show than Buffy was a lot of people do I agree with you I really really loved Angel I thought it was just brilliantly written it's a shame that it didn't go on for longer just one of those 
unfortunate things. I mean, the, the story behind Angel basically being cancelled was the fact that they always renewed it very late because it was an expensive show to make and they wanted to see whether anything else would come along that would be cheaper and could maybe fill the a slot that it's left behind. And this is with uh, Warner Brothers before it was the CW. And this had kind of knocked Joss because you were having all the actors having to turn down other jobs because they were still contracted to be on Angel if it got picked up for another season. So he'd gone to WB and basically said, look, can't you just give us the renewal now? I demand you give us the renewal now because it's not fair on these guys. They need to know whether they're going to be able to come back or otherwise they're going to miss out on jobs. And the WB, rather than going, okay, we'll renew it, went, well, fine, we'll cancel it then. They've since said, had they done what they normally did, and left it until the very end to be the last thing to be renewed, it would have got picked up again because they never found anything to replace it. So it was just really unfortunate. So that's all five seasons of Angel. It still has, I mean, yes, it does end on a cliffhanger, but what a cliffhanger to end on that show. Yeah. (laughs) Just fantastic. All five seasons of Angel coming to all four. So uh, go and check those out because it's a fabulous, fabulous show. And The Mandalorian has an air date as well. Season two will be premiering Friday the 30th of October on Disney+, Plus, which I'm very happy about. I'm so impressed that they managed to get all that together, done and out despite all the pandemic stuff it was like all sorted so uh, that's brilliant moving on to bigger news one that i'm I'm sure daryl will have absolutely no opinion about this story at all pretty little liars which was a show which only ended three years ago three years ago has a reboot in the works from uh riverdale's roberto aguera sacasta i think his name is um roberto's the guy behind riverdale chilling adventures of sabrina he's also the chief creative officer of Archie Comics as well, which is why he's involved in those two. But is he still that? Yes, oh, he is. Okay, well, I thought you might have left that role, but okay. No, mm-hmm. he's he's still that. He has now turned his sights to Pretty Little Liars, which I mean, for those of you that don't know, Pretty Little Liars follows the lives of four high school girls who, one year after the disappearance of their friend, begin receiving messages from a mysterious figure known as A, who threatens to expose all their deepest secrets. Ran for seven seasons originally on Freeform and only ended in 2016 and now they're looking at a reboot and I just I mean I didn't watch any of this show I don't know it at all I know you did and you were quite a fan yeah I watched I watched the whole thing Realizers it went out there as a very unique thing because we hadn't seen many successful examples of something that's aimed at teens that young adults of demographic and did a mystery uh, yeah. so that's what it did and it was successful looking back on it now there were a whole lot of problematic issues within it but I think that came from the fact that it's based on a YA novel yeah. and those can have some interesting ideas about what romance is so that's why right, that yes. does make things a bit weird but yeah this fills me with chills this, this is like an African hurricane having a baby to be honest <laughs> because I did watch Riverdale I watched first three seasons and then stepped back because the writing had just gone out the window yes I left I think part way through season two whatever the D&D equivalent goblins and ghoulies or whatever it was it was Mm -hmm. in the middle of that plot line I just was like no yeah I went all the way through that which I wished I hadn't there's your issue right there so you see someone who's responsible for that and for for all of its faults Pretty Little Lies was a pretty well plotted thing up Mm. until maybe the last season and a half 
Right. And compared to Riverdale, it's like war and peace, to be honest. <laughs> so I have many concerns. And I also, I think it's another example of using a brand. Yeah. Because as, as you've written down here in the show notes, there have been two spin-offs. Ravenswood, which was sort of like trying to spin it off into a supernatural. Um, right. Which had Tyler Blackburn as its lead. That lasted like a, a shortened season. And the second spin-off it was Pretty Little Liar to Perfectionists. Now, Pretty Little Liars is one book series, and The Perfectionist is a different book series, both by the same author. Yes. And so what they decided to do was take two of the stars from Pretty Little Liars and shove them into Perfectionists, change where it's set from a high school to a college to deal with the fact that obviously they're significantly older now. Yeah. And it was awful. It just... (laughs) It just really didn't work. And I think because it had that brand name, everybody went into it looking at those two characters, ignoring all the other ones. And I think that was a big issue. Mm. So they, the rest of them were always in that shadow. And because those two characters didn't really have anything particularly interesting happen to them, it didn't keep the ratings. Right, yeah. So I wonder about a show, which basically it's just a, if we strip this away, because it's just going to be, because it's a brand new set of girls yeah. and a brand new story. So it's not real or at all they're just sticking that stamp on it so i think that's gonna be an issue yeah and it's gotta be something yeah it can't follow the books because they've already done that so it's gonna be a different set of girls it would have to be a different type of set up because otherwise you're just doing exactly the same story again i'm very dubious about this if if i was reading that there was going to be a mystery thing i would probably be a little bit more likely to say yes to it also where is it going to be Mm, well i mean that that we don't know at the moment in terms of channel it's it's being developed right now they don't know where it may end up it's been done under an overall deal with WB because that's where he's based Um, so it may be done for HBO Max that's certainly a possibility I mean it could be the freeform bid for it as well but I think they're possibly done with the franchise at this point I think think they probably not want to be near it to be honest yeah so possibly HBO Max but we don't know at the moment I mean the guy's not having a great year actually because I mean not that this year's been particularly great for anybody but um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has the final series because Netflix has decided to end that. Katie Keane, which he co-developed, that's being cancelled by CW after one season, which is incredibly rare that they cancel anything. Yeah, I think it said all when it got moved back because originally it was supposed to be a fall show. Right. But then they shifted it. That's a bit... If you shift the CW show, then they really have no confidence in you. Yeah. And the other thing was the Dracula-inspired pilot, The Brides, which we talked about a few times. That was in development for ABC and they decided not to pick it up. So he's kind of not having a great year. He has got Riverdale returning for this yep. season so that's coming back he's got another thing for HBO Max called the Shelley Society which is described as a sort of Victorian X-Files based around a young Mary Shelley which sounds like an interesting idea well, that sounds like it could be fun that actually sounds like it could be quite good fun uh, so that's been apparently made for HBO Max so there is that incoming but we'll see with that one so he has got you know one new show picked up I just think this sounds like a terrible idea the Pretty Little Liars thing 
thing. And I think you're right. It is a case of just shoving the yeah. name on it at the moment. Exactly. And uh, there were other examples. I mean, like I can remember coming on here ages ago and talking about Light as a Feather. And yeah. that's an example of a the Supernatural Mr. Series. Didn't have any big names. Didn't have big ears based on a book. But that just shows how you can do something without fanfare, without stealing someone else's brand. And it was great. It's a great show. Mm. I think it have two seasons. I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's going to come back for a third one. Yeah. I mean, what might have been slightly more interesting would have been if rather than trying to do this, if they'd actually tried to do a straight version of The Perfectionists might yeah, have been a more, more sensible way to do it rather than trying to mash it up with Pretty Little Lives. Maybe just sort yep. of say, you know, from the same author. And of course, that, but they're networks. So you know, you know networks, if they see a shortcut to getting a established fan base, they'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, at the moment, we don't know whether that's going to move forward or where it might land if it does but uh, one to watch out for that may come to nothing but we'll we'll see it is in development moving on Netflix have ordered three body problem based on Leo Sershin's renowned sci-fi novel trilogy if you don't know the novel series it's set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution where a secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens an alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming, planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over the world seen as corrupt or to fight against the invasion. The three-body problem of the title is a reference to the three-body problem in orbital mechanics, but I'm sure you all knew that. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, it's, it's being developed for Netflix. Now for the slightly bad news, which I'm sure will get a mixed reaction. The people that are developing it are David Benetoff and D.B. Weiss, who are the two former showrunners of Game of Thrones, which, you know, fair to say when they've got material and they stick with it and don't get distracted by something shiny, they do quite a good job. But faith in them based around the last season of Game of Thrones, many people's faith in those guys has been severely rocked at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Do you know this novel series? It's not one that I come across. I don't. I feel like I want to take a look at it. Yeah. But I know that the book is very important. And I think there's going to be almost instant pushback about them being involved. So we'll have, we'll have to see if that sort of internet storm is good or bad. Yeah. They're joined by Alexander Wu, who wrote and exec produced on the Terror, Infamy and True Blood and a number of other things as well, who said it's a privilege to be adapting one of the great masterpieces of Chinese science fiction. Three-body problem trilogy combines so many things I love, rich multi-layered characters, true existential stakes, all told as an elegant and deeply human allegory. I'm thrilled to be kicking off my partnership with Netflix with this accomplished creative team. The author is involved as well as a consulting producer producer so i mean there are a fair group of people behind it i what was the other name oh ryan johnson was another name that's in in there but he's only kind of in there because it's one of his production companies that's involved with it as well it's an interesting group of people behind it i'd say the problem with benesoff and weiss are whether anybody actually trusts them to actually stick with this because i mean the the problem always was that that final season of game of thrones is they just rushed it and because they were 
you know, at the time we're going to go and shoot something for Star Wars and Mm -hmm. then they got booted off that and they signed this Netflix deal. If I'm trying to look on the bright side of this, it is the area that they know very well in terms of being able to adapt big, complex novels into decent TV as long as they stick with it and don't colour outside the lines too much. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the problem. And, I mean, I know this is a massive, massive thing, particularly for people that love the book. And if they screw this up, they're going to be a huge amount of backlash. I also... So this is a Netflix, is it? Yes. I also, I also wonder about how budgetary things are going to work because I'm not yeah how much budget they can push out because I don't think it's going to be as much as a Game of Thrones season no. uh, given the way they're funded and given the way that Netflix is a little bit more tight with their purse strings mm. I wonder when I start hearing things once it gets a little bit close to production about arguments and stuff because I feel like this is something that it's going to be hard to adapt and keep the budget at a reasonable state. Yeah, you know, I don't know the book at all, but it does feel a bit to me like it needs the it HBO... Feels like, you know, Game of Thrones, Westworld, it feels like that. Yeah, it needs the sort of HBO, here's a blank check sort of thing. Uh, pretty much the closest thing to that Netflix has done recently is Alter Carbon. And that's been cancelled. Yeah, I mean, that will be the other thing as well, because if this doesn't land right, whereas with HBO, you know, they were pretty much told whatever you need, you can have it for Game of Thrones. Whereas, you know, this is going to be a very different thing. But then Netflix could be viewing this as something that could compete with the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. So maybe we'll have to wait and see, you know, how, how that sort of pans out and whether they manage to stay control of it. And, and the, the, you know, Netflix are pretty ruthless when it comes to the budgetary side of things. You know, mm. it, it, it's all algorithms. And if it's not making the money back, it ain't going to get any more seasons. I mean, they are under an overall deal with Netflix, so I imagine they want to keep them on side. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. No news on when that's going to land, but I mean, that's got to be a couple of years off, at least, I would have thought. You're looking at least 2022, I would have thought for that. Moving on to some casting news, we have a new Jack Reacher for the Amazon series. They've cast Alan Richson, who you might know best as Hawk from Titans, from one being one half of Hawk and Dove in Titans. Jack Reacher novels are being made into a, a TV series for Amazon, and uh, I'm sure you're aware of the Jack Reacher novels, but uh, it stars an army veteran mm-hmm. who travels to the US and uses his skills to investigate suspicious and frequently dangerous situations. This is another thing that's coming from Nick Santora, the guy that I was talking about on The Fugitive earlier. It's him behind it, based around the first Jack Reacher novel, The Killing Floor. Obviously, these have been made into movies previously, but one of the things that a lot of people had criticism about is the fact that Jack Reacher is supposed to be this massive, fairly imposing character. And good as Tom Cruise was in those films, that's not Tom Cruise. So, um, you know, he's supposed to be around six foot five, 210 to 250 pounds. Richson is six foot four, 235 pounds. So, I mean, he's exactly the size that he's supposed to be in the novels. So that that's the right bit of, of casting, certainly out of the way. And I mean, you know, I like him. He was he was really fun in Blood Drive. 
Drive. He's been great as Hawk. He played Aquaman in Smallville as well. Yeah. He was in the Hunger Games. I saw him on a virtual con not too long ago with Smallville people. Ah, yes. So it's him, Rosenbaum, Erica, Welling, and Crook. Did anybody actually manage to get a word in if Rosenbaum was there? <laughs> oh, no, he was, he was on reasonably good behavior. He is funny. But, but yeah, I do know. Yeah, I do know he likes to act up. You no, know, Rosenbaum's very himself. funny. But yes. Yeah, he's great. He's great. But I'm quite looking forward to this. I think it could be a pretty decent series. Nick Santoro's got a reasonable background along with creating Scorpion and The Fugitive that I mentioned earlier. He also did Most Dangerous Game as well, which was great. Again, that was another thing which technically was a series, but really was a movie chopped into bits. It starred Liam Hemsworth and Christoph Waltz. So that's a really solid series. Yeah, that got nominated for an Emmy. So, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well at the moment. He's also got, it was announced earlier this week, a new TV series with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the works, which is described as an hour-long spy adventure series with Schwarzenegger taking the lead role, and then they're casting somebody as Schwarzenegger's daughter, and it's going to be a father and daughter kind of spy adventure thing, which basically sounds like True Lies, the TV series. <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see. We don't know much more about it other than that, and other than Nick Santora is the person behind that as well. So, uh, yeah, busy boy at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that could be quite good. Yeah, be interesting to see. And lastly, Zack Snyder, the man behind the Snyder Cut, also has a thing coming to Netflix. It's a movie which is described as a zombie action heist film called Army of the Dead. And they've announced that they have also ordered a prequel and an anime series to run alongside it as well. Army of the Dead, the main movie, follows a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas where a group of mercenaries decide to take the ultimate gamble venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted <laughs> which I think sounds like just such a wonderfully stupid idea yes um, it does but uh, the cast looks great as well uh, cast yeah. led by Dave Batista, who I love I think he's fabulous Ella Pernell who's in Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and Sweet Bitter Theo Rossi who was in Luke Cage and Sons of Anarchy Matthias Schweighoff, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, he's a German actor. You've got, who else might you know? Uh, Omar Hardwick from Power, Tignic Notero from Discovery and Transparent, Garrett Dunahill from The Gifted and Fear the Walking Dead, Nora Ziander from Riviera and Zoo, a whole bunch of other people as well. But um, there's a pretty good cast behind that main movie. The prequel film isn't going to be directed by Snyder. Snyder is directing that movie. He's not going to direct the prequel. He's handing that over to the actor-director Matthias Schweighofer, who okay. just mentioned is starring in the, in the film, because it follows his character, who is apparently called Ludwig Dieter, and he's also going to be directing that prequel as well. So uh, he's set to be behind that. And then there's an anime series also that they're making for that. So they, they're getting into a sort of zombie franchise thing in a big way but I I like the idea that it's a it sounds like it's going to be a very fun silly film by the sounds of it so like a step up from that hurricane heist film well yes maybe <laughs> it's a zombie heist film so we'll see but uh, don't know exactly when that's going to land but that that looks like it could be quite good fun we'll have to see when that turns up so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> 
So, highlights for next week. We have the Russell Howard Hour, which is back for its fourth season. I don't know whether that's being filmed in front of an audience or not, but uh, that will be back anyway. That is on the 10th of September at 10pm on Sky One. That is returning. That's usually quite good fun. LA's Finest Season 2, that's coming on the 10th of September to Fox. That is at 9pm. Just a reminder that Justified Season 1, uh, in fact, all, all six seasons are, are going to be dropped onto all four from the 11th of September. I think they're dropping season one first and then the other seasons will come after. Then Why Women Kill, which is one of the pickups that Alibi made. That's coming on the 11th of September. It's a dark comedy from the guy behind Desperate Housewives. It's got Lucy Liu in it. It looks very good, that. So definitely one to look out for. The Duchess, which is coming on the 11th of September to Netflix. That's Catherine Ryan's new series, who plays basically a version of herself. It's sort of about her and her her trying to raise her kid. So uh, that could be quite good fun. Aquatifa is Nora from Queens. That lands on BBC Three or BBC iPlayer on the 13th of September, which is Aquafina stars as Nora in a scripted series based on her real life beginnings in Queens, New York. The Third Day, which is this limited series that's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of September at 9pm, stars Jude Law, who finds himself drawn to a mysterious island off the British coast. That looks like it's going to be very odd and very weird that could be an interesting one to look out for and uh, room 104 the second season of that which i think is on it's like it's fourth season in the u.s now but uh, that's coming to sky comedy on the 15th of september at 9:35. that is the uh, hbo anthology comedy drama about people passing through room 104 of american motel it was quite funny the first season of that i quite enjoyed it so uh, definitely want to go and check out but second season of that coming to sky comedy 15th of september and that's everything this week unless you've got anything else you want to just mention um don't forget dc fandoms coming up oh yes dc fandom the second bit of dc fandom i i really enjoyed the first one i thought they did a fabulous job with that this sort of eight hour live stream the second one is going to be more like some of the other comic cons like comic con at home where you go on and you find your own way through the panels and stuff i think they are going up on time releases but they are going to be multiple panels on at the same time so you can go and pick and choose which panel you want to watch but they are only going to go be up for like a limited time period but uh, should be fun to go and watch that but that's on saturday from 6 p.m on saturday if you want to go and uh, check out dc fandom in terms of you where can they find more of your stuff best place to find my stuff is head on over to anchor.fm slash source hs and that's where you can find the Hollywood News Source podcast, The Source, where we also talk TV and stuff. Yes, so go and check out that over there. You can also go and find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's Bites with a Y. You can go and find her streaming pretty much daily over there. You can go and check out Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org and he's got lots and lots of podcasts over there. He's uh, just announced that we're doing a, a Breaking Bad season one. If you're not got 
around to watching Breaking Bad yet or if you're a fan of Breaking Bad and you want to do a rewatch there are episodes of that going up on Entertainment Talk with uh, me and Matt just talking through the whole of Breaking Bad I really enjoyed doing that that was really good fun watching back through episodes of Breaking Bad you forget quite how brilliant that show is so uh, yes well worth a rewatch if you want to go and uh, listen to that and for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.